Well, welcome. If you haven't already realised, that is the concept, that is the moment, that is what we are doing in our new series, our new preaching series, it is looking at the biblical principle of welcome. What does it mean for us to actually be welcoming? What does it mean for us to be welcomed? What does that entail for us to actually do within our lives? So over the weeks within May, we're actually going to be focusing in upon some aspects. We're not going to focus on everything. We're going to focus on some aspects. And today I want to give you an overarching principle that underlies this biblical principle of welcome. And that is welcome is for everyone. It is for all people. You realise that the, the concept of welcome that is portrayed and put within scripture, within the Bible, is actually a revolutionary concept. It actually has changed the perspectives of people throughout history. It's changed the perspective of the, the Israelite people. It changed the perspective of the early church. And it is still revolutionary for us today if we're willing to take on board what the Bible actually says about welcome. You know, the biblical concept of welcome should be and must be at the heart of all we do and who we are as Christians and as a church. But be, as a way of getting into this topic, I want to ask you a couple of questions. I want to ask you, I want to get you involved. How do you welcome people? What's your mode? What's your, what's your way of welcoming people? Shake hands with them. Coffee. Coffee. Give them a hug. Give them a hug. All those kind of things. If you're welcoming your friends, what do you do? Smile. Smile. Say hello. How's it going? All those kind of things. What about a person that you've just met? Is it a little bit more dialed back? Well, we'll get to Caleb in a minute. So I can... <laughs> Caleb and I are kind of on different ends of the spectrum about things. Um, what about uh, people in the positions of power? Have you ever met somebody that's got an immense amount of power? And how, you know, how have you gone about welcoming or saying hello to that person? It's actually interesting because if you think about it, it all gets tipped, doesn't it? If somebody's got a lot more power than you, then they're the ones that often welcome you even though they might be coming into your place and your place of, of residence, whatever it is. What about those people who are completely different to us? How do you welcome them? Now, I said Caleb and I are completely different, so I'm going to get Caleb up. This is going to be a little bit of a practical example here. So, uh, up you come, Caleb. So Caleb is well known. Caleb's our worship um, and youth pastor, by the way. Caleb's well known for doing what when you're welcoming people here at church? Ah, uh, yeah. Fine. <laughs> Caleb's a big hugger. I'm not a big hugger. No, that's, that's <laughs> nice to get a hug in, actually. <laughs> you know that you've got into a very kind of good, comfortable place if I I'm, I'm, hug people um, openly out there. I, I'm, I'm a little bit more reserved, so welcoming me is if you've got a good, firm, no floppy hand... Who does floppy handshakes? No floppy handshakes. A good, firm handshake. You know, um, is, is, is a really important thing, you know, for me. It's a, it's kind of a symbolisation of, of welcome and saying hello. 
That's okay. That's all. I'm not, I'm not going to embarrass you too much, but, and I didn't want to embarrass me too much either. But, you know, um, which one is more welcoming? The, hand, the firm handshake or the big gregarious hug and say hello? Is that more welcoming to have a big hug and, and a kiss on the cheek or is it um, the more tempered welcome, how, how are you kind of reserved personality? So the funny thing is, if you actually take that and you flip it around and you're the person on the receiving end, somebody who is very gregarious and comes up and goes, oh, welcome, and gives you a big hug, if you're a person that likes your own personal space and you've never met the person, you don't understand them, what do you do? You go, oh, they're right in front of me. Oh, you step back. And that becomes an affront, not a welcome, doesn't it? It actually changes the nature of what it is. But, you know, somebody that says, oh, hello, how are you, gently, and then they go, oh, that's okay, they're, they're there. I'm not putting you down, Caleb. I'm just saying it's different, and everybody responds differently. How do we welcome people? You know, we, we, we have different ways of welcoming, and people perceive differently the welcome that is given. Somebody might think that, you know, that handshake is just not enough. And other people go, well, just saying hello is enough. And other people go, well, I want to become your best friends the moment I see you. You know, there are times, you know, you know there are times when welcome can be difficult. But see, the thing is, when we come into that biblical principle of welcome, we need to realise that welcome is for everyone. It is for all. And part of what that is, and we've just talked about saying hello to people, and, and that that is a way of doing things. That's the method of doing something. The principle that we have is that welcome is for everyone. We're going to be looking at a little small section from the Bible found in the Old Testament um, from the book of Leviticus. Now Leviticus can be seen to be, it's within the first five books within the Bible and it comes straight after Exodus. Leviticus uh, can be seen as, as diving deeply into the relationship between God and humanity. The book of Leviticus primarily records, primarily records the instructions that our Lord, our Creator, gave to Moses. And Moses shared with the people who had left Egypt, come out of exile, and were wandering around in the desert and, and actually camped at Mount Sinai. And they were in the tent of meeting. So it's like in a church service. And they were giving instructions from God on how to have that relationship between God and humanity. Leviticus especially deals with what's known as the holiness code. You know, if you look through chapters 17 through to 21 in Leviticus, it actually talks all through this holiness code. And the holiness code is all about I'm going to use a big word here, sanctification, but it actually means how we live our life in a covenant community that is in relationship with our God. How do we live our life in relationship with God? What, what do we do? Are our lives sanctified, made clean, washed clean by what God has done for us? And so we want to live in a holy way. And let me, let me put this into perspective. Why do we want to live in a holy way? And this, this is the first part of our reading for today. It comes from Leviticus 19, verses 1 to 2, and then we're going to jump a little bit further into the section that we want to have a look at. The Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the entire community of Israel. 
You must, notice the imperatives here, you must be holy because I, the Lord, your God, am holy. So why are we holy? Why are we holy is because God is holy. And we want to live our lives in reflection of who and what God is. God's very nature is holiness and we want to reflect that nature within ourselves. We need to know this, by the way, that just by behaving in a way does not make you holy. You can follow patterns of behaviour, can't you, without actually being holy, without striving to become actually in step with God. This is often what happens when people describe them as being themselves being religious. You know, religion, you know, is kind of following the patterns of behaviour. Having a close personal relationship with God is much more than just that religion of following the patterns of behaviour. It's actually wanting to be like God. It's wanting to not become God, but to, to be holy like him, to take on board this, this notion of, of becoming holy because God is holy. And our lives want to reflect that. Our lives want to reflect it because we have that relationship with our God. And our patterns of behaviour help us to become more in step with what God has for our lives. So this biblical principle of welcome, it's not just for a select few, it's for all people. So what, do we, what does Leviticus say a little further on? And, and how do we get into this? Leviticus 19, verse 33 and 34. And it says, Do not take advantage of foreigners who live amongst you in your land, Treat them like native-born Israelites and love them as you love yourself. Remember that you were once foreigners living in the land of Egypt and I am the Lord your God. Notice that Leviticus keeps on reminding you that this, this holiness code, that the God is your, you know, the Lord is your God. Your God and you should live your life according to God. This principle of welcome is so countercultural. For, for this time. It's countercultural back then, but it's also countercultural in our society today, isn't it? When we really start looking at what this principle of welcome, that we welcome all, then it actually starts to challenge us. Just, just think for a moment. So he, here is instructions to the Israelites. They've left Egypt. They've come out of slavery. They were foreigners in that land, and they're foreigners in this land. They're wandering through the desert, and God is providing for them, looking after them on their way to the promised land. They're a nomadic tribe, and as they're wandering around within the desert, they're looking for resources for things, for food to exist, for water, to, to sus for sustenance. And so the thing is, as you, as you struggle to try and survive you need to be aware that you've got to have resources for yourself. And so you don't want to just give it out willy-nilly, do you? But this whole thing about welcome challenges that. It challenges it because you should treat your foreigners, those who are sojourning with you, those who are wandering with you, those who are other, as yourself. Treat them as though you are exactly the same, that you are native-born. Love them as you love yourself. See, the thing that what 
in what happened is that the Israelite nation took on board for themselves to kind of keep themselves separate, keep themselves as other, keep them... They thought they were the, the chosen people and the chosen people meant that they were special and set apart and other, so they separated themselves. That's not what holiness meant. That was not what the code was. That wasn't welcome, was it? See, welcoming is part of that holiness code. As welcoming means opening ourselves up to the strangers, to the visitors, to the... And, and this covers all sorts of categories. I want to ask you this question. Who, for you, is a stranger? Who, for you, is a stranger? Who, for you, is the visitor? You know, is it the person next to you that lives in the house next to you or in the unit block next to you, wherever? Or is it, or is it the, the stranger, the person that is so much younger in a completely different generation and we just don't understand what they are and they speak a different language almost? Or is it somebody that actually has come from another country and from a different place? Are they different to you? Who is the stranger? And who is the visitor? Who is it that you actually truly welcome? This is going to, you know, I want, to, I want you to think really hard for yourself. Who is it that you feel most comfortable welcoming? Is it somebody that looks and acts and behaves and thinks the same as you? On the whole, everybody is happy to welcome that person. And when they are different when they are the stranger, when they are the visitor, when they are the other person, then they are different and they're harder to welcome. Annette and I and the family spent five years out in Broken Hill as part of our, um, uh, one of our first, well, it was actually our first placement out in ministry out there. Um, and we spent a lot of time out there and it's interesting because Broken Hill, like a lot of um, places, has its own unique culture and own unique understanding of things. And often, you know, I'd get asked when I was talking with people, uh, where are you from? And where are you from didn't mean what house are you living in right now. It meant where were you born? Now, I was born in Melbourne, which is, you know, well, that's from away to Broken Hill. It's somewhere else. It's, you weren't a true local. You weren't, you weren't somebody that was born and bred. I remember that at a funeral that uh, one of the things was that... Um, and he'd been an old miner in this town and uh, they, at the funeral they were giving the eulogy and they found out that this guy who they thought were one of them for all these years actually was from away because his mother had complication in birth and had to head down to Adelaide to have, the, to have him and, and so therefore he was away and he was a foreigner, he was a stranger even though he was in our midst. Is that the kind of thing that we have? So who is it that we welcome? Who is it, the, is it, who is it the individuals that we welcome? Who is it that we welcome as a society? Who is it that we welcome as a church? I want to say here right now, for us here at New Beginnings Uniting Church, we welcome all. We want to take on board this biblical principle of welcome. And that means that anyone, anybody, anyone who comes through the door, regardless of economic status, regardless of race, regardless of ability or disability, intellectualness or, or whatever, regardless of culture, regardless of language, whoever God brings to us, 
We as a church are willing to accept that person. We want to welcome that person. We want to take on that principle, that biblical principle of welcome, that welcome is for all people. Are we, are you, are us, willing and able to welcome everyone and to treat them as a native born, as one of us, to treat them as if there's always been a part of our family. That's what Leviticus is telling the tribe of Israel to do, is to treat them this way. Do we welcome people as a nation? And unfortunately, this is going to get a little political. You know know me, I normally don't say anything political, and I'm not actually advocating one party over another. I want you to think. I want you to think at this moment that, you know, when we are talking about this biblical principle of welcome, how do our political parties deal with this? What do we do? Have we been able to, to bring ourselves to a point of being welcoming as a nation? Or have we, which I think we have, and we, we are well known for it throughout the world, we've excluded. We've dealt with people with prejudice. We, are ra- we have racism in our country as a nation. We fear those who are not like ourselves. We say that we are just looking after ourselves and so we really can't help those who are the foreigners, those who are the others around us. We are racist towards our own indigenous people. Does this sound like a country that has welcome? Does this sound like a nation that welcomes all? As a nation, we need to become a place of welcome. Welcome for all people. So when we vote in our election, which is coming up just shortly, Ask yourself this question. Will your vote count for or against this biblical principle of welcome and welcome for all? One of the interesting things is if you, if you go into kind of understanding and looking at some of the history of, of the cultures of the, these nomadic tribes in the, the Middle East area in the, in the biblical time, you'd actually notice that they had rules and regulations on how long you would welcome a stranger into your, your group and it, you know some it would be a night, some others it would be three days and, and that welcome also meant that protection was given to those people, that they, they were under your protection and they even had um, like intricate rules around um, how long that protection would last for. For some it was the length of time that the salt would leave the body, or others it would be so many kilometres away, you know, a distance away. And if that stranger got in trouble, that you would go and help them. But that was still limited, wasn't it? That was still holding it as their other, and we welcome them for a little bit, but when they're gone, they're gone and we don't have to worry about them. The biblical principle of welcome, and when we look at this, what does Leviticus say? To treat them like you were native born. In other words, exactly the same as you. Chosen, holy, special, just like yourself. Not different, not as a stranger, not with rules, not with regulations, but as one of you. 
because welcome is for all people. It is not for a select few. Welcome for all means showing respect for the individual. It is showing that they are worth your time, your energy, your care for them. Welcome for all is not just for people like yourself, but it's opening our hearts to all who are strangers and foreigners. That doesn't mean that we define strangers and foreigners just from people from other countries. That means that strangers and foreigners could be anything. Think about the people that you don't get on with. Think about the people that, you know, rub you up the wrong way. Think about the people that you're afraid of. We all have it, we all do it. I remember a time when um, I took my oldest, Joshua, and myself. Uh, we were over in the United States and we were attending a conference. We were actually heading towards a conference. And we'd spent the night um, in New Orleans and we were wandering to go and get dinner. And we were walking through a section and we came underneath the underpass. Um, you know, they have these big multi-lane roads and over and under and all those kind of things. And we were walking through there. And because where we were going, the food was on the other side. Our hotel was on one side and the other side. And we needed to walk through. But the thing that we didn't realise was the underpasses were the places where all the homeless sleep. And it became, even for me, and you know, I was also being protective as well, it became that we, we feared those who we didn't know. We didn't understand what they would have or what they would mean or what they might do to us. And so we protected ourselves. So in effect, they became strangers. They were strangers, they were the aliens, they were the foreigners to us because we wanted to protect ourselves. We do it all the time. When we flinch back from a person, when we don't extend a welcome to them, when we don't offer them help, who is it that we don't allow into our midst? Maybe we as individuals and as a church, maybe what we need to do is catch the vision found in Leviticus 19.34, that God welcomes all into his great presence. And we should do the same within our lives. We should welcome all people. We should do it the same within our neighbourhood. We should do it the same within our church. We should do it the same within our businesses that we're part of. We should do it the same within our nation. So let us just pray together. Let's just ask that the Spirit of God may be upon us, that we may be, have our minds and our hearts open to your welcome, a welcome that is for all people. Let's just pray. Our gracious, loving God, we give you thanks for today. We give you thanks for this message. It is a challenging message. It is a message that is politically challenging. It is a message for us in our country. It is a message for us here today. How do we show welcome to all people? May you this week challenge us to be more welcoming, to be more open, to be more honest with who we are and to become more like you. May our way of patterns of living reflect our deep and close relationship with you, Lord. We ask this in your holy name. Amen.